Welcome to the Social Scholars Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lynn, and I'm a social media consultant, personal branding strategist, and Elon Musk super fan. Each week, you're going to learn through quick tip episodes, guest expert trainings, and business owner interviews, the perspective, insight, and strategies you need to align your business goals with your marketing efforts and make social media work for you. So let's get to class. I just got done re-listening to this week's episode with Winifred Costello, who is the owner and magical maven behind the charming boutique brick-and-mortar shop out in Massachusetts called The Awan Tree. And then she is also the founder and mentor inside her online membership group called The Witching Well that provides community and resources and support to pagans, Wiccans, witches, spiritual earth-centered practitioners, all the above. Um, And she's going to talk to us today about how she juggles a brick-and-mortar business with an online business and how she uses social media to promote the two and how she uses each each of those um, to kind of enhance the other. And then if you're driving, you're probably going to want to come back and listen to a lot of this. And if you're not, you're definitely going to want to grab a notebook because literally every answer that she gives is just like straight fire. She's giving like three-part formulas, five-step processes. She is a very systematized, process-oriented person that I love and appreciate so much. Um, and because of that, she not only shares great ideas for how to next level your social media strategy, but it's also going to be very easy for you to implement because she makes it so clear and like step by step. So um, definitely, like I said, you're gonna you're gonna want to take some notes. You're gonna be taking some notes here. Um, she is such a cool human being who I love and adore, and just really respect. Personally, she is kind of my unofficial life mentor. She's a single mom herself. We ha- we both have red hair. <laughs> we have a lot we have a lot of things in common. So, we have um we've gotten to form um, a friendship and then she's also been um, unofficially a business mentor for me as well because she's not only running this brick and mortar and the online membership, but she has a ton of valuable corporate experience from her previous career where she used to run teams. So she's great at hiring and firing and morale and processes and procedures, which you'll clearly get a feel for that as she shares her answers today. Um, And then she is brilliant when it comes to sales and doing it in such a genuine, non-sleazy way. And she gets into how she learned to do that when she was selling sleeping bags, for example, and then how she uses that same genuine strategy now. And so that's more towards the end. So make sure that you stick around for that because that's going to be something that I think you're going to be really inspired by and be able to take that this afternoon or tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this and start talking about your offers, start using it in your sales calls, discovery calls, even, um, you know, weaving it into your captions and other content. So, um, so many great things in here around social media strategy and the just sales and then how to think about your community in general. So she's so aligned with, I know kind of what, how you want to show up on social media, um, very genuine, recognizes that there's people behind all of her followers and treats them like humans. She tries to act like a human. Um, she does act like a human um, on social media. And so I think you're just going to really, really resonate with her her presence, how she shows up, and then just love her tips and processes and strategies and formulas and all this for creating an awesome content and and social media strategy in general. And then before, though, I I let you go and jump into that, I do just want to take a quick moment and say thank you. So at this point, 
I'm 13 episodes in to the Social Scholars Podcast. It has been so fun. Um, I'm loving it. And I really, really appreciate you for taking the time to listen to it, for taking the time to give me feedback on what you really liked. I appreciate you taking the time to give the guests feedback and you know say thank you for their interviews and their tips and what they've shared and connecting with them. I've heard from several of them that they've heard from you, and um, that's that's awesome. And I appreciate you leaving reviews. Like that's a ginormous deal to me. And I um, I know that you are busy. I know you're really busy. And so to take the time to you know share your feedback to share the review is is not something that's not that's going unnoticed on my end. So I just wanted to say thank you and I hope you receive that in the most genuine way because I I truly truly do mean it. Um I'm loving this. I'm having a lot of fun. You know, um I have I think I have three or four more episodes in the queue ready to go for you. Um, but I would also love to hear from you. So based on what you've heard so far, the type of guests we've had on, the type of topics we've covered, um, and then maybe where the gaps are and what you're really wanting to know more or maybe wanting to know deeper dive into a certain thing, let me know because I'm going to be scheduling new interviews here in just a couple of weeks for the second round of batching. And I would absolutely love to hear from you and make sure that what you're wanting to hear is getting covered on here. So without further ado, here is this week's podcast episode with Winifred Costello. I welcome back to another episode of the Social Scholars Podcast, and today I am joined by Winifred Costello, who is the owner and founder, also the magical maven of the Awan Tree, which is this incredible store that I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about out in the East Coast. And then she is also the founder mentor of a really unique and cool community called the Witching Well, which is for Earth-centered seekers. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about that too. But welcome, Winifred. I'm so pumped you're here. Hey, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Okay. So tell us, before we get into how you're using social media in your business, what exactly does the Magical Maven and your witching well community do what 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 are you doing in these places uh, okay all right so um i uh have provide an online community um space so it's a uh, based on a mem- like a m- monthly membership and it is a place for earth-centered spiritual seekers to come together to um join in community and also to ex- have access to ongoing teachings and spiritual mentorship in regards to, um, I like to call it earth-centered spiritual traditions. So most of the members um, identify with a spiritual path that's uh, often referred to as paganism or Wicca or uh, witchcraft or the craft. Um, but one of the really unique things about the Witching Well is that we are um, uh, open-minded, not one particular, any one particular tradition. We're about, I'm really about upholding and empowering um, people to claim their spiritual agency and to really unpack their own personal power, claim their lives, and grow spiritual tools, what I call like their spiritual toolbox or their spiritual library, so that they can uh, you know, practice everyday magic and have a daily craft that reflects their authenticity, resonates with them on a personal level, and helps them manifest um, a life that feels aligned for them. Ah, oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. Okay. And that is one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you here is because you are so great at commu- creating a community, both with your Wishing Well membership and then also online. And so um, I also love that you kind of have a mixed bag of a brick and mortar store, which maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, Alwyn Tree too, what, what happens in there before we go any further. Sure. All right. So um, one of the things that's funny to say about community, so uh, I I know you're going to ask me about my um, career path before I founded an Open Darwin Tree, um, which I did that in 2006. But um, at my former career, which I know we're going to get into later on, um, I was also known for community. So uh, creating communities and bringing people together and networking is just sort of like a natural strength for me. And so Alwyn Tree is, as you said, it's a brick and mortar store. 
And it's um, basically a community hub. I like to call it the magical hub for the seeker. And so there we have, we sell spiritual supplies, scented candles, um, like meaningful jewelry, like crystals and silver jewelry and tarot decks and oracle decks. And I think I said candles, incense, books. And we also offer um, healing services. So you can get a Reiki and energy healing session. You might take some time and um, get into an intuitive tarot reading. Uh, you might come for me for spiritual consultation on like how to connect deeper into your path. Um, or you might um, come to one of our educational workshops. So the, uh, so Awantry really functions like a, a community center. It's um, an integration of a store that sells things and then also services to empower your healing and transformation. Uh, okay, so, so you've already kind of touched on it. So you haven't always been the shop owner, the leading this online community. Tell us about what you were doing before, just so we can kind of get a sense for, because um, I don't think anybody has the, this like straight line path to like, oh, I've always wanted to do this and here I am still doing it 20 years later or whatever. Um, we all have, we have these twisty, curvy paths um, that we pick up things along the way that help us, lead us maybe even to what we're doing now, but it's always such an interesting journey. So tell me a little bit about what you were doing before all this. All right. So, well, in one sense, I've always been a practicing pagan. I came to the um, earth-centered spiritual traditions, goddess traditions, pagan traditions, Wicca, witchcraft um, in my teenage years. So my spiritual passion and um, what I do in my personal life has always uh, gravitated to um, what we might call like all things woo. Like I know woo is a big word right now. Um, at the same time, um, and initially in my early 20s, I did do some more alternative kind of work, but I also was a single mother. and uh, basically the reality of needing to have a, a job job where, you know, you got really nifty things like paid healthcare and vacation, um, in sick days, especially when you're a single mom raising, um, your kids by yourself became like really the priority in my life. And so that led my other passion is being outdoors, like hiking, camping, snowshoeing, backpacking, you, you name it. I'm super passionate about, um, being an outdoor person. And so that led me to, walk into the local outdoor store. Uh, the, there's a branch on the East Coast that's pretty famous and um, apply for a part-time job. And that eventually led me to um, become full-time. And they had like, I always have strong leadership personalities or qualities. Um, so that led me to kind of get into their whole, you know, they do a lot of training from within. And so I grew up, grew up through their whole uh, management training process and went on to become a store manager for them. And I was also a visual merchandiser for them. So um, I worked in the outdoor industry selling, um, you know, backpacks and kayaks and snowshoes and footwear and Gore-Tex jackets for you to go hike the long trail and things like that. So, um, and it was a, it was, it was really a great experience. I learned many incredible things um, around business and uh, developing a team and community because community is really, really important in the outdoor industry. Oh yeah. And, and um, I know that you were recognized for that um, and for like your leadership skills, which all very much play into what you've created today. So what was the thing? And it's probably not just one thing, but what was, what happened for you to leave that security and kind of take the leap to do something um, that maybe was more of a, a passion that you've been thinking about doing for a while? Yeah, so I kind of were, had these two parallel lives that to me were clearly synchronized. So I had like my outdoor life, like, you know, with the hiking and the backpacking and camping and I was a rock climber. Um, and like, so I was very passionate about being outdoors. And I also, the whole time was into like, dream interpretation. I learned how to do Reiki when I was in my 20s and I was into astrology and learning tarot. So the two, those two passions, I maintained both of them. And to me, they were very integrated um, because so earth-centered spiritual traditions are uh, like all, you know, very much orbit and are centered to the earth. And a big part of them is this thing we call animism, where we believe that, you know, there's um, a sentience in everything around us it's not the same maybe as human consciousness but that spirit is present and think of like star wars and the force that spirit is something that's here and it moves between us and connects us and is everywhere and for me being outside in nature that's where i felt it really very intensely and i could go out. i love to go hike by myself for hours 
alone on the land and lay down on the earth and just listen to the trees and the water. And um, it, they, for me, they were very integrated. So being an outdoor person and my spiritual passions were, were one and the same. And so while I was working my full-time job, I also pursued all these other things like the astrology, tarot, um, witchcraft and whatnot. Um, like one is my spiritual practice, my everyday, it's the, it's the structure of my spirituality of my whole life, but also to things like tarot and getting better at understanding Reiki and healing. Um, those were like in the in early days, like side hob, like interests, you know, it's what I did when I wasn't at work. And um, in my twenties, I met um, a really important mentor. I, I went to get my chart read, my astrology chart read. And um, part of, I always tell the story that, so when I was, if you roll it way back to when I was a teenager, I used to tell my parents, I'm not going to have a regular job. I, I, I went to art school. I didn't stay there. I dropped out. That's a whole other story. But like, I always knew I wouldn't have a, no, what, a normal job. And I used to tell them I was going to do something different. And they'd be like, well, what are you going to do? And, um, and I didn't, I couldn't, I never could articulate it because I hadn't really, I didn't really, hadn't seen anyone doing it, but I knew doing a different, working, having a different way to approach work and do work that's meaningful was out there. I just hadn't seen anyone doing it. And in my 20s, I went to go get my chart read, um, my astrology chart read. And when I stepped into this, to the space, I met my, my first and most important mentor. I, the second I met her and sat down for my astrology chart, I, I knew it. I, I, she, was, she had a store. Um, I like to say that my store is the daughter of her store. Um, that was a direct inspiration. And I finally met someone that um, was doing like this integrative piece. Like she had services, she had things, and she was creating something, not just selling things. Um, and I knew that that was, so like that community center, that community hub where, where the focus was on helping people heal and change their lives. And that, that was it. Like, and then I finally saw someone actually that it could, I knew it could be done, but I hadn't seen anyone doing it. Does that make sense? So when I met Wendy, um, I was like, oh my God, someone's doing it. This, this is it. This is it. And, um, and then I went on to mentor like all my free time when I wasn't at my job or outside hiking, I was, um, you know, mentoring with her and tarot and other spiritual practices does that kind of give you a sense yes and that's so good and what's so cool about that is that you had that mentor like that's what she meant for you was to show you what's possible and i think that that is such a huge benefit whether it's somebody close up like she was for you or mentors from afar like um you know somebody who you may never actually meet in real life but just that that showing you what's possible the potential mm -hmm. is huge because sometimes when we're in our little day-to-day -day and we're hanging around with other people who maybe also don't know what's possible it's hard to see that so i love that and what's so cool is that you're doing that for other people and like we have an opportunity to do that for other people too when we start to kind of like do bigger things maybe kind of get out of our comfort zone other people are able to see because of us like what's possible too so that's that's so cool and i know that's what you're doing um, one of the many things you're doing in your community. Um, so I want to, I want to start talking about that. So, okay. So we're, we're caught up. This is, okay. this is where we are. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you have such an interesting story. So what if Red and I talk quite frequently and this woman is kind of a badass. I mean, she like goes ice hiking. Is that what you, like, I used to ice climb. Ice climb. She's ice climb. I'm like, what? So we, she has lots of stories about this, but just so you kind of have some context, um, I want to talk now about how you're using social media because you're using a couple different platforms in your marketing ecosystem and you're, you're using them with a lot of success. And so I think you actually have some of the most tangible tips too, if you're willing, whatever you're willing to share that other people can learn from. So, yeah, I, yeah. Let's dive in. Let's tell dive me. in. Let's dive in. So tell us right now, just kind of, uh, well, this will kind of lead the conversation. So what are some of the platforms that you're using um, with success? Um, so I'm highly focused on Instagram um, and have been for the last couple of years, um, but I also maintain Facebook in a strong way. Um, I do have um, like Pinterest and Twitter, but those are really... I kind of consider those are not, those are not my primary focus. They're just kind of not space holders, but I, I more delegate to a VA to maintain those. Um, I initially um, worked with Pinterest, Facebook, 
and Twitter and Instagram came later. And I would go on to, I have a brick and mortar. So I did an, and a website obviously. And I did the Google analytics and I would look in the early days and see um, where traffic was coming from. And regardless of the percentages, if you, I saw right away that Facebook was like a breadwinner. This is before really Instagram got hot the way it is now. Um, and Twitter eh, and Pinterest a little bit. So it was pretty easy to realize, like, um, you know, go deeper into the places where there's numbers showing you that it's doing something for you. So um, I went deeper into Facebook and kind of don't overly work hard on my, my, like I said, the Pinterest and the Twitter kind of hang out like as space holders. Um, but I really dialed, dialed into in the early days back in, um, so my store opened in 2006 and I adapt, I took on Facebook as soon as the public could. So in 2008, I got into Facebook. And um, it was very powerful in the early days of my business, especially around building community. And we have workshops and events at the store. Now the workshops are more online, but um, Facebook was really amazing at helping me convert um, folks into events at my shop and getting them to remember to come to my shop. And now I've just switched that more into Instagram. Okay. And let's, let's talk about Instagram specifically for a minute because you are doing some really great things where you're not just posting for the sake of posting, but like, it's like you're creating a community on Instagram that then, you know, we can talk about, do they end up on your email list, your website, joining your programs because you do such a good job of creating a community and then also sharing about yourself so that people feel like, oh, I know her. And you have a pretty great strategy for how you do that. Yeah. Um, well, it took me a while to figure it out. Um, to kind of, and I certainly haven't mastered the beast of Instagram by any means, but um, one of the things that I, I like to put out into the world, I like to think first, like, what do I receive? Like, what gives me, what gives me joy? Or I feel like I've gotten something of value or like, it might just be like, oh, I feel lighter or happier or better or more grounded or connected. So I like to think about what inspires me. And then I think about what, um, what my customers would benefit or clients, like what do, how could I make their day better? How could I either help them, um, go a little further forward in, you know, their, their spiritual practice or, um, you know, I always kind of say when I'm on Instagram or Facebook, Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm, as I work through something, I like to turn around and pay that wisdom forward hoping that it might lighten their load or inspire them or give them permission to get out of their way or that, like what you were talking about earlier, what's possible. Um, so like what's, po I like to really help empower people to think about what's possible for them and to, and to go for that. So I try to make sure that every post um, kind of has that as a, as like, does it, does it show up and help people make people's day brighter, lighter, more empowered or inspired in some way. And then for, um, and then I try to put it into a formula. So when you have a store, a brick and mortar, and you're also online, it took a long time for me to figure out those two pieces. Cause for uh, most of your listeners might be only online. Um, maybe there's a mix here and maybe some just have a store and, um, you know, a lot of things in business is that we talk about, like, talk to your client, talk to your client, talk to your client and, and get very specific about talking to your client. And when I first was moving more and more in the online world. Um, as this, I sort of see them as there are two integrated businesses. So there's the, like the, the hub of the physical store. And then there's the outer, the outer, the online piece that they, they serve each other. So like you're, it's two different people. You're either talking to someone who's physically local. That's maybe going to come into your space, but then you also have the online people that you may only ever interact with online. So it took a bit to kind of come up with a, with a map of something that made sense. Um, in, could speak to everybody. So um, I eventually developed this idea of a, a rotating three. And if you think of Instagram, they talk a lot about the, you know, the think of it as a magazine page, think of the picture. And um, personally, I don't like overly curated pages. Um, if I go to someone's page and it's only just memes or it's super curated, it just doesn't, it just uh, doesn't really add a lot to my day. Um, and so I kind of, like to think maybe other people might feel the same way. Like anyone can put up a perfectly curated photo or buy a stock photo. Nothing wrong with buying a stock photo if you do that. But um, I really always want to be real, especially because I sell spiritual things. So you really want to know who, who you're working with in that realm, that you have a real relationship and you can trust the person you're working with. Um, so I've always been, I have this thing, my whole message 
behind what I do on Instagram is like real talk from a real witch. So like, I'm always going to give it to you straight. It's like real talk from a real witch. Let's get real here. And let's talk about what's going to really help you make your life get better. Um, so oh, I came up so with this. Good. Yeah. Right. Like you can come to me for real talk. That's what we're going to do here. Um, so, uh, so I came up with this rotation of like, a, um, you know, like, you, you know, you're the Instagram, I continue the Instagram lady. So like, uh, a picture of your face is so much more popular. And, um, and but how many times do you want to honestly stick your face up on Instagram? Like, I don't, like, I don't know about anybody else, but after a while, I'm like, how many times can I talk about myself before I'm bored? If I'm bored, probably somebody else is bored. Um, so one, and I have a store and I have online. So one of the things I decided to do was, was break into three categories. So there's sort of like the meet me. So those would be like pictures of me. So like meet the woman behind Owen Tree. Um, like who's, who's providing the healing services, who's teaching and mentoring, who's creating this whole space. Um, so meet me, that's the meet me, the Winifred pictures. Um, and then I do what I call a store forward. So it's, it's something that showcases the physical brick and mortar. That could be a product, um, uh, like a behind the scenes, a, an educational thing, like, you know, anything that I consider it store forward that puts the store forward could be like, you know, you know, anything relevant to your store it could be like the storefront. It could be the things you carry, um, something that just represents what the store is all about. So people can get a sense of your brick and mortar and what it's all about. So that they'll be like, Oh, that'd be a neat place to go check out. Uh, or if they're already a customer of yours and they're local, they see you got in a new line and might want to be like, Oh, they just added a new soap line. I definitely want to stop back in and check out that new soap line. That looks really cool. I haven't been there in a couple months. So I, so the second post is a store forward. And then the third post I call lifestyle. And so the lifestyle one is, um, Sort of like, I think about what interests me and what interests most of my um, clients. Because um, if you're in business, one of the things we're talk talked about a lot is that that ideal customer avatar and to breathe them into life. Like, what do, what do they hang out? What do they do? What do they like? So um, I decided if I created a post that spoke to those things, the, the lifestyle that they imagine they are partaking in or would like to partake in or actually do participate in. I have like the third picture be a lifestyle, a lifestyle post. Does that make sense? And then I just rotate through the three. Yes. Oh, that makes so much sense. And I think just like a thinking about our own individual businesses, like these might be the same exact categories or you might, you know, swap out something um, that she shared, but I love like even the store forward. So behind the scenes, like, and we can always do like a behind the scenes, even if we have an online business and, you know, we think, oh, you know, we don't have a product actually to share, but it's like, people want to see like, how do you take your coffee? Like, you know, um, what are you working on today? I know a lot of people like share their um, kind of daily schedules um, and stories. I see that a lot. So I think just like bringing your audience into your business, whether it's a brick and mortar or online is really smart. And then I like that you have a section um, that's like for your interests. And so could you, could you um, maybe share a couple, a couple of examples of like those type of posts um, that you're thinking, okay, what interests me and also like interests my clients? Is that like the books you're reading? Is that like a fun documentary you just saw or like what, what oh, kind of falls I like, in those? I like that documentary. That'd be a great, a list of my favorite documentaries to be. That would be a great sample of a lifestyle post. Like what I, what, what's, what's in my Netflix box. For yes. Yeah. So my um, lifestyle posts are often nature. Um, oh. Like, I, cause I, I'm very outdoorsy and a lot of earth centered spiritual people, like the earth is the center the se seasons of the year, the moon are very central. But um, in those, I try to have them be teachable moments. So um, I might talk about um, manifestation magic. I might talk about um, overcoming a limiting belief um, because all those things tie back into, um, you know, manifesting our magic and, our, and getting an alignment in our lives and, our, and tapping in, into our spiritual practice. So um, they could be, um, sometimes I might be out and see something like when I, got, I had the opportunity to go to the Caribbean and there was um, this beautiful statue that this incredible statue that was Yamaya, which is a, a, a 
for simplicity's sake, well, this, she's not really a goddess, but we'll just think of her as a goddess. Um, she's an Arisha, but um, just we're not going to go into this whole long other tangent on that. So this, but it was a beautiful statue that a lot of people in my community would have really valued, appreciated. And it was like with water and flowers, and someone had left an offering, so I took a picture of that and wrote about that. Um, like here I am out in the Caribbean, and Yamaya, the, the she's uh, for simplicity's sake, we'll call her the goddess of the ocean. Um, the sea goddess. So like here we are on this beautiful island and here's a statue and offering to the sea goddess. And I just kind of shared about that like in as a lifestyle story, if that makes sense. It totally does. And I think we all have those things in our in our lives, whether it's like kind of deep and really meaningful like that, or it's like your Netflix queue. Um, and so I, I like all of that. And I like how you kind of categorize them. Um, you're really strategic and I always appreciate like how organized you are. So how do you plan this? So these are your categories. Like, are you just on a daily basis posting what comes to mind and it comes out at one of these, or do you have like a day of the week or a, a day of the month? How do you personally schedule out your content? If you schedule it? Um, I do, I do schedule it. I schedule it in my mind <laughs> so much more than I do in reality. So I'm barely, more than a one woman show and I have to create and hold the container of a physical store and the online um, witching well community. So it's sort of like trying to make, I am maintaining two businesses in a way, even though they're one business. Um, I have one part-time employee at the shop and I have like a VA, but the, but the Instagramming and the primary content is all mine on Instagram, which I repurpose over to Facebook. So, um, Initially, I tried to schedule it really restructured. I tried to batch write, and um, I tried to be like, on Monday, it's going to be this, on Tuesday. And I'm uh, partly, I'm a free spirit, and I'm very much a creative spirit. And um, that just did not work for me. Like, if it's too scheduled, um, one, I have a very full business, and so there's going to be always something that might take precedence over that. Um, so I had to come up with something that, that fit more. It's more flexible, but still scheduled and still with a strategy and that's why i just went to the one two three method like picture number one is like like post one is uh meet me or meet winifred or the woman behind the scenes post two is is store or product forward post three is a lifestyle and i just um look where i'm in my instagram journey and um and queue it up so if, if i have the luxury of time i might queue up one or one to three um, but most often, like usually two to three times a week, I write out a couple and, um, and I keep my, I'm pretty fresh. Cause I also feel like, um, I feel like people can vibe it when a post is too stale. Like, Hey, I wrote these 20 posts five months ago or three yeah. months ago. So I find, and also a store is very alive. Like a brick and mortar store is very alive and, um, it very much is a community center. And so I think it's better when they stay fresher and I can be more responsive, um, to, um, real things that are happening in the world around me if I write my content once a week. So I pretty much am putting it out, like putting it together um, two to three times a week. I might write two posts at the same time and queue them up, but um, I don't overly batch it. Although I'd like to imagine I will one day. Yeah. Well, and I think that that, I think that that's fine. I, you know, they say plan, batch, da, 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 da. But like you said, sometimes you just like want, to be more fluid and flexible and sometimes you just don't have that luxury and that and that is okay i think there's never one way to do anything but i do feel like you having these three categories does provide some structure because without it i feel like you're just like okay what what am i what am i post today right right so that's a really good point you're bringing up so i don't just randomly post um when i do sit and write a post i do have like follow like what's the intention of this what, what's the experience I want to share or bring them through? Um, what ultimately, what's the call to action I want to have? So that, and what's the transformation I want to provide? So I do have a copywriting structure that I apply to all my posts. So I don't just randomly, there's nothing wrong posting a cup of coffee. I'm a coffee nut, so I do post about coffee. Um, but I don't, um, I wouldn't just be like, I love coffee. You know, I would make sure I made it relevant to my, to my client, like why, why? Well, coffee is also really amazing in magic. Did you know that? Like it's a, it's a great, um, you want to speed up any magic you're working on a manifestation, just like it speeds us up. It speeds up our spell work. So I oh, always good. have a, yeah, I always have internal structures around what I'm posting. So I have my, that rotation of 
meet meet the owner or meet the person behind the scenes, the store forward and the lifestyle picture. And then each actual, the content of every post, I always have like a inner framework in my head I follow of like, before I write anything, like what's the, what's the why behind why I'm writing this? What's the transition or the thing I want to help people, um, you know, succeed at or grasp and what's a call to action. So those are always in every post. Okay. And that's so good. Like all of that is so good, especially the call to action and thinking about why am I posting this? Cause I think a lot of times people will feel like they're on this content creation hamster wheel and just like posting and posting, pumping out content and not getting any sort of return on investment or effort or time. And I think typically the problem has something to do with not aligning that content with the offer, what people need help with, the problem that you're trying to solve, and, and you just don't have that call to action in mind. So it's like, it's hard to have people engage with you if you don't give them a way to engage with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, I do always have that internal structure. So yeah, that was good that you brought that, clarified that. And then another thing I do is, do you do this? I do the, um, I look at the month at a glance. Like, so week one is introducing myself. Week two is um, maybe speaking to what pe- people might be struggling with or how I can help show up and help them. And then the, if I'm so, like, if um, we're moving into like opening the doors to the witching well, or if we have Reiki training going on or something or an event happening, then um, the week of that event, um, the posts would be about, you know, ex- making the offer like, Hey, you know, we've, we've been work- talking to you and building this conversation and talking about the, maybe some things you're, dealing or struggling with. And if this might be an alignment for you, um, you know, we have something that could help you. Um, one of the things that was really valuable for my, um, my outdoor industry days um, around selling that, uh, so no one wants to be just selling or being sleazy. And, um, you know, I think we all know like the modern way is like, you know, if you're really in alignment with working with the person and ask the right questions and you've qualified the per- your client and found what they really need and you're really helping them with something they need, then it won't feel slimy or weird. Like you're just empty. No one likes empty selling. That's just silly. No one wants to do that. And so in the outdoor industry, we used to talk a lot about if someone comes in and buys a sleeping bag from you. Um, so uh, have you ever camp- gone camping? Yes. Have you slept on the ground in a tent? Yes. This is why I don't like camping. <laughs> <laughs> have you slept in a sleeping bag? Yes. So um, were you warm or cold? Cold. Were you uncomfortable? Was the yes. ground hard? Yes, you- it was hard. So did you have something under your sleeping bag on the ground, like a pad or a little, pad. Pad? A little pad, like a little thin, hard, foamy one? Yes. So if you're selling a sleeping bag to someone who's going to go out camping and a really high quality sleeping bag, especially one that's, you know, like a real tech, tech one, um, can, they can range from like 200 to 500 or even eight more, like a lot of money, like $500, big investment for a sleeping bag. Right. So, but most people don't know that if you don't put something underneath the sleeping bag, if you don't have that pad and if you don't have the right pad, um, your sleeping bag is not going to actually keep you as warm as it's designed to keep you as warm. Cause we actually lose body heat through the sleeping bag into the earth. So if you get in a really, really warm sleeping bag and lay right on the earth with no sleeping, no insulator between you and the ground, all your body heat is going to go right through that sleeping bag into the earth and you're going to be cold. doesn't matter how warm the sleeping bag is. So we actually want to make sure we always have a, the right sleeping pad underneath that. And so one of the things that was really important that I learned at my time in the outdoor industry that I brought forward into Awantry is it's actually a disservice. So if someone comes in and buys, is ready to go on this wonderful camping trip they're super excited about, and they're buying this beautiful sleeping bag to make sure they have the right equipment to go enjoy their trip. And you feel bad about telling them about the sleeping pad that's another $30. Like, oh no, they're already spending $500 or $800 or something like, and now I got to tell them they got to buy this $30 sleeping pad. They're going to think I'm just trying to get more money out of them. So if you approached it from that point of view, then you're going to feel really bad about it. But if you think about it, no, this person's come in, they've invested in the time off, they've invested in their trip that they're really excited about and they want to enjoy themselves and have a wonderful time. So much so that they're buying the right piece of gear, the sleeping bag. And if you forget to tell them they need this really important, not very expensive add-on item, this additional item, you're actually doing them a disservice. And they're going to go out there and have a rotten, miserable time and be really cold and never want to go camping again. And now they've wasted their, not like a whole bunch of things have happened. They've bought a sleeping bag that they don't understand how to use properly. And, um, and every, everyone loses here, right? So the important thing is to find out what they're doing, what their intentions are, where they're headed, what they 
and to really understand the investment they're making in that experience so that we can show up and make sure that they understand all the things that can enhance the whole, it's called like a 360 viewpoint, the 360 degrees of their experience. Like make sure that we're really servicing people so that they get as full as the experience as possible. So it's, it's actually our job to let people know when they come into our spaces, all the things they need to succeed. It's, it's really not very different. So I, oh. I carried that, right? I carried that a lot forward, like, you know, um, into what I do at Almond Tree. It's like a disservice if I, if I just sell you a candle and I don't tell you to write, like to really meditate and visualize and write, a, like, write your intention, like your manifestation to go with your candle, you know, then I haven't really taken care of all your needs to let you know how, how to get the most out of your candle you're buying or something else I might have. Or, and yes. this applies to any business out there. Oh my gosh, such a good analogy and such a great reframe for when it does come to selling um, and being at a service or a disservice even if you don't share what everything that they're going to need. And, and because then at least that point, you've done what you can do. And then if they choose not to buy, well, that's fine. Right. But at least you've let them know. Because I know, you know, how would you know otherwise? Like what's, what's coming around the corner um, if somebody doesn't warn you? And then if you want to, you know, it, like make sure you're prepared for that, then it, it, it's such a gift from that person to let you know, right? Um, oh, so good. And so good to like ask those questions mm -hmm. um, before you just start kind of pitching yourself, which gets into all kinds of things that we get, we'll have to talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also, before we move on to, cause I do want to hear a little bit about like how you kind of intertwine your whole ecosystem. Cause I know you use Facebook and email as well. Um, how the other thing that people will sometimes get frustrated with is lack of engagement or no engagement. Like I'm posting and nobody's responding or not really growing in followers or, you know, and I, I know that, um, you have been able to grow your audience with relevant people. Um, what advice do you have for, for people looking to bring in not just new followers, but relevant followers that could be ideal clients, um, potential peers, collaborations, not just any old followers? Um, yeah, I was going to say, so my following is pretty humble, but I think that they're highly, like highly engaged. I wouldn't even say... They're not always obviously highly engaged, but they definitely, you see it in other ways, probably because I have a store. So um, people literally come to my store and say that they follow, they follow me on Instagram and that's how they found out about me. And then they made a special trip to come check out the store and go shopping there. Um, so one of the things is that I think it takes a long time to really understand engagement because we might be quick to think it's not happening or it's not happening the way we want it or the way we're told it should happen. Um, so you have to really kind of play the long game and be patient and make sure that, the, that you're looking for all the ways that engagement could be showing up, um, if that makes sense. And then one of the things I, I do, if I, cause I, I'm human too, I would love to have more followers. I have a very humble following. And, um, but so one of the things I will, I learned this from um, Jasmine Starr. I can't take any credit for this. Um, just to reference someone else out there. Um, but like she was saying like, if no one's commenting on your posts, go find 10 posts and comment. So I took that to heart. Um, so if, if stuff is not happening on my Instagram page, um, I go and show up on other people's page pages the way I wish people were showing up on mine. And honestly, that's been, that's been a top, a top, um, thing for me to see a really great results from is uh, I'll be like, Oh, no one, really, I thought that was a great post. And I really wish people had commented and no one really commented. So then I'll specifically go look for um, folks who have pages I really enjoy and I'll comment. It's kind of like putting out what you want to come back to you. Um, like be the, you know, like we all know the community member that only ever shows up and asks for something and never ever takes a turn giving. So I've really tried to put that, take that to heart, like make sure I'm giving and serving. And that's really a grown um, that's, I think really been, what's really grown things is to really be about giving, not about taking. Yeah. It's like the social media golden rule, engage with others. Like you want to be engaged with. And then something else that I took from your playbook is, you know, when they talk about, um, like 
usually all the tips that have to do with like growing your following have some somewhere in the, the list of tips is like use hashtags and look in hashtags and engage in those hashtags. And I'm not saying that that strategy is wrong, but I tweaked my strategy, my engagement strategy and like finding relevant people based on something you shared with me where it's like more about who are the people that you want to reach? Who else are they following? Or yes. like, yeah. So I know what you're talking about. So one of the things that I find really much way more valuable is I'll pick a hashtag that um, I like to look at. So it might be solitary witches or hedge witch or green, green witch, something, something interesting to me. And then I go to the hashtag, I scroll through and I look for pictures that I like. And then I, um, I'll look and see, um, you know, who, who owns that page and um, go and interact with that. Like, you know, like be like, I'll, I'll look through and I'll share what I think is valid. Like, like they might have a really great art or they might have um, really uplifting posts or they might've shared a really cool spell or a, a recipe or something. And I'll take time and be like, wow, this was really, this was really great. I hadn't thought of that before. Or I love your art. It's really beautiful. And um, you know, that it's, it's made my day brighter that you created this piece of art. So I'll just go be a human. Um, and the, the strategy I think you're talking about is if you are looking to grow your following is to find someone who um, we always want to be getting in front of our people. And so if you have, if you know someone on Instagram who, who's got a similar, um, you know, demographic, what you can do is go and go to that person's account and look at some recent posts and go see who's, who's liking their stuff. Um, this is what you're talking about, right? Yes, so, so good. So I, would, I would find someone whose account I really admire. I would go and look at their most recent three posts. I would find a post where I really liked what it was about. Like, oh, that's a really neat post. I'll click and see who's liked it. And then I'll go and engage with the, anyone who seems like a real human as opposed to a bot. And, um, like to, and that takes, that's, that, this, is a, this is a long game strategy. Um, it, you, it, you could easily do this for 30 minutes to an hour every day five days a week, um, you will see direct results. Um, but it is, it is not, that is not the, it is a long game. Like it takes your time at, cause you have to be a human. Um, but that's what we want. And I think that that's why, um, the people who follow me are quality because I actually go and interact. Yes. And what I, what I like about that is like, I started to realize and you know, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people that maybe I'm looking to help with Instagram specifically, it's like if they're needing help with Instagram, they might not know how to use hashtags. So here I am searching for them in hashtags, but like they're not there. And so when you, when you and I were talking about this and you were like, you know, um, there's this author that I really like, there's this other store, there's this um, event and it's like, oh, okay, my people might be following this particular author or they might be really into going to this event. And so it's like, yeah, that's where they're hanging out. And um, it is about just like having real conversations like a human being. And I don't think you go into it, and I, I know you don't do this, but just for our listeners, you know, go into it like, hey, direct message, I have an offer. It's like you're saying right. this these genuine connections that might lead to a potential client maybe a collaboration, maybe they have a podcast, maybe you interview them for, I mean, the possibilities are endless when you have those genuine connections like you're doing um, with your strategy. Yeah. I always say like, be what you would want to be in the world, the way you want to receive energy in the world. So I, when I DM people, I almost never, I mean, I probably could make an offer more often in my DMs. I almost never do that because I, I, it's weird when someone gets, DMs you and the first thing they do is make an offer, but I know you don't do that and I know we're not encouraging people to do that, but I might DM and just chat with them and then leave it at that. Yeah. Um, Cause it's about being a human, it's about human and real, being a human being and real connection and, um, and showing up and helping make the world a better place or helping someone heal or transform their life. And something you, that I wanted to go back to that you were talking about. So like with the author and an event, so that all goes back to your ICA or your ideal customer avatar. So the more you really understand and know who your customer is, like the reason I could suggest to you, oh, let's follow this author or how about let's look at this event or this hashtag is because for 13 years I've had a store and I've talked to customers for 13 years 
almost every day of the week. So um, that's a long time. So I, so I know a lot about my, who my clients are, my customers and what they're seeking, what they need and how I can help them. So like when you know that, when you take time to get to know your people, then you'll know what author is interesting to them or what event they might be hanging out at or where their favorite or the uh, favorite other businesses, like they go to the garden store, uh, use bookstore or something or ca cafe, you know? So yes. yeah, it's yes, yes, all yes. about being real. It totally is. So I just earlier this morning rec recorded the episode one, like the intro post or the intro episode to all of this, this whole podcast. And um, I talked about the foundation of a solid social media strategy and the foundation has nothing to do with hashtags. It has nothing to do with what platform you're on. The very base of it is your ideal client because without that, it's like, how do you know what to say? How do you know what hashtags to use? How do you know? And so this is like the, if you get nothing else from this, I think the, you know, this is the, the takeaway um, for sure. The one single takeaway is understanding that so that those other little tips and tactics actually work because they align with the person that you're talking to. Now, yeah, you're, you're, oh, to interrupt you, sorry. No, no, you go. Your post strategy could actually, if you're new to Instagram or you're starting to pivot, could be about getting to know them. Introduce yourself and then say, tell me, here's five things about me you might not know. What are five things about you? Um, you know, or what are your, here's my favorite podcasts or books to well, whatever. What are you listening or watching to? Or uh, here's my favorite product that I like to put in the store shelves. What would you like to see me carry in my store? Um, any of that, like, here's my favorite tips for this. What, what are your favorite tips? But you can make every post that can be your call to action is focusing on getting to know your customer. If you don't feel like you know them, or if you want to revisit knowing them. Such gold. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I know that you also have, um, like you use Instagram, but it's not like you just use Instagram. You have Facebook that you talked about earlier. You have your email list. How do you think about all of those things? Like, how do you make them work together? How do you repurpose? Um, talk to me a little bit about that, that marketing ecosystem that you have. So, um, I have, what I do is I, I create posts for Instagram and then, um, I, I take them, put them into Google doc. Um, and I repurpose them over to, cause to Facebook. So some people say like what goes on Instagram doesn't go on Facebook. I think in the early days that was true, but I feel more and more, um, and maybe some, maybe some big social media person is going to come, um, knock me on the head with the knocker or something. But I personally, when I take a Instagram post, repurpose it to make it appropriate to Facebook, like just by how it's kind of packaged and put it onto the Facebook. Um, it gets better engagement than the way, than if I just put a Facebook post up. Um, and I wait like half a day or a day. So I don't um, put it, do it immediately um, because people follow me both on Facebook and Instagram. And um, I know I can, again, I use that rule of thumb, like, what do I like? And I've, I've seen more and more someone who I really love on Instagram, I go on to Facebook and they've literally just farmed out the exact same post. So I um, wait half a day or a day um, and try to space it or even more than a day. Like, um, and I, Facebook, I have discovered if people have brick and mortars, Facebook is still really amazing at driving people into events in the store. So, um, I do put posts on Facebook. I would not put on Instagram, um, more, uh, in a weird way. I feel like Facebook's become a place where I can be less formal. Um, I can be a little more like short and quick conversational. Hey, I'm unstocking this box. Look at all the new books we just got in today. Super excited about this. Boom, done, put it up. I feel like on Instagram, I'm not really sure if that's something to do with the algorithm. I'm feeling like the whole, it's becoming much more structured and that the algorithm's looking for people to have this very formatted kind of thing going on because it's so engagement driven. Um, I, I don't have any um, stats to back that up. That's just my experience. I wonder too if it's because Instagram is such a visual platform that like you see those posts forever and ever, whereas like Facebook, it's like the, the post eventually goes away. And so it's more like in the moment type of stuff. I don't know. I don't have stats on it either, but. Yeah. So, so I post, um, I repurpose Instagram over to Facebook and then I give, I pepper Facebook with its own unique um, posts. I also find that my customers expect me to tell them about things. Um, 
the relationship with Facebook is different than an Instagram. If, if I were like on Facebook, if I um, put up a fun, fun, informative, helpful posts on Facebook, but then pepper a lot of like, Hey, new books are in, come check them out. Or, Hey, the Reiki trainings this weekend, or this event's coming up in three days. Um, I find people aren't turned off by that. But if on Instagram, if I posted as many, um, call to actions that were promotional related, I think I would lose followers on Instagram. Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. Again, okay, so- I, I, that's just the intuition. I don't have stats on that. Yeah. Well, and the whole point of this is that I think things work differently for different people and at different times and it's so fluid. And so it's just, you do a great job of like diving in to, to your numbers, your analytics, you pay attention to like what's working and then just kind of move based on what's working and pivot as needed. Um, and that's the thing. It's always going to be changing the social media the algorithm um, is always going to be moving some way. So it's just like pay attention and adjust accordingly. Um, the last thing I want to ask you about is moving people over to things that you own. So like your website or your email list, how do you use your social media tools to do that? Um, so for Instagram, I use a lot of the stories. Um, I do put a, I'll, I'll periodically make a comment, like a call to action, like go click on the link in the bio and get this great, um, you know, sign up for this class or this free webinar or get the handout. But um, I use more stories for that, you know, click on the link in the bio and use the cute little GIF. Um, and uh, take a, I'll use stories because I can make different pieces of the story, take them through um, what's the value of the thing I'm suggesting they get in the link. So like through stories, you could put, you could talk to the camera, you could put up different little images, you can say very clear, you can really present the benefits of what you're suggesting they go check out in your link much more readily, I think, than in a straight up post. I feel like the posts are very static, um, people just scroll through them, whereas like the stories are much more engaging and interactive. So I tend to put a more heavy call to action on like, um, on like, click and join the webinar, come to the live stream or uh, sign up, sign up with that first link in my bio in the stories. Because like I said, I could have like several little story pictures that are saying here, are you struggling with this? Here's this thing I'll put together to help you. This is what you can find in it. Just go click on the link and get it. So they kind of know what they're like. It's worth your time to go click on the link. Perhaps if, if you need that sleeping pad to go under your sleeping bag, I've got one for you. It's in the link. (laughs) That kind of approach on um, Facebook, um, something I found that was really successful. Um, first of all, surprisingly, if you have a page or a group on Facebook, you'd be amazed that if you just remind people in a post, like, hey, I send out emails and tell them what's in the email. Like, I write a tip or a recipe or um, some sort of inspiration or something. Did you know you can get on my email list? Sometimes those posts can be, just a simple post can be really great on Facebook. Um, Facebook page, I think, has that little tab where you can just, they can, it's gotten more buried. It used to be more obvious. Um, in your banner on Facebook, you could, if you're promoting something, that's a great offer, like a, like a freebie that you're giving away. You could put that right in a banner. Um, hey, be sure you go to this website and get your freebie that we're giving out this week or month. Um, but on Facebook, I recently did a live streaming where I did a series. I did five live streams um, on Facebook, and I created a um, workbook that went with the five live streams. So, and in every live stream, I um, talked up, like, be sure to get the booklet that the workbook that your free workbook that goes with this, with this whole little series, this little class I'm teaching. So it was like a five, um, five tips for earth centered spiritual seekers wanting to get more into their spiritual practice. So it was five mini classes. They were each 30 minutes long and there was a workbook that went with it. And um, that was really, that was one of my most successful ways of moving people from from Facebook into um onto my email list and i have and if i had done that on instagram i didn't do the same five series on instagram i guarantee you it would not have converted as strongly for some reason facebook converts stronger in that avenue not that vehicle what i did yeah especially and you these were live videos on facebook is that what you said yeah yeah i have i found that too like with um like I used to be just a huge fan of Instagram live and I'm going to have to like revisit my own strategy because I find I don't get as much from it as I do Facebook lives now for whatever reason. Um, so, but I know that there's some people who might have the opposite experience, but, um, 
that is that is kind of interesting again just kind of like paying attention to like what's working and I love the idea of the workbooks to get people to give you to like sit in on the on the video but then also get their email from that time from them um so that's super smart too yeah, um, yeah I, I was gonna say the other way I've gotten email conversion is to do a free webinar and to really talk it up a lot on social media, like on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to join the webinar, be sure to join the webinar and the webinar I use um, captures emails. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you, it's so interesting because there's kind of two ways to think about social media. It's like, how do we get people on social media? And then how do we get them off, of off. social media? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, there's two different strategies, but um, gosh, whatever, we could talk much more because I know that you are a wealth of knowledge um, on all this stuff. But is there anything else just for the time being that you want to share at this moment to kind of make this episode feel complete? Um, I, uh, yeah, I would say, so there's a lot of resistance, um, especially for brick and mortars um, to be on Instagram and Facebook. There's a lot of time and energy. So I'm speaking now to your brick and mortar store owners. Um, a lot of them will tell themselves a story that they just don't have time to add one more thing to their plate around Instagram or social media or, I mean, Facebook or Instagram. Um, but I'm here to say that um, social media is the new marketplace. It looks like in the old days when we, um, you know, roll it back thousands of years ago and we went to the market um, where we, you know, bought and exchanged our goods, like where you got your fruit and your vegetables and whatever else you bought at the market. Um, Instagram and Facebook are, that's our marketplace now that like the place where people congregate and come together and interact. And it's also the first thing people, everyone has a smartphone and it's the first, when someone is seeking something or looking for something, they're going to pull up their phone and they're going to Google coffee near me or whatever near me. Um, this is, like I said, this is really, in this is for everybody in business, but really in particular for, um, brick and mortars. I really want to say make time. It has definitely been what's helped my business grow and succeed and sustain over all these years. And, um, you know, it is the new me it is the marketplace. So you want to have a presence and you want to be the one in charge of your presence on social media. Um, you want to claim those spaces and, um, and have some sort of basic strategy there. So people can get a sense of like, what, what's your store all about? What are you all about? What are you carrying? What are you offering? What does it feel like? Where are you located? Um, you know, like, what makes your coffee, if you sell coffee, like maybe you make the best latte in town, you know, like, like these kinds of things. So, but it's so, so important to make the time. You don't, I think people have a misconception that if they're, they, I think they, when they think that people like you, Sarah and me, and we're on social media, that we're just sitting there scrolling through the feed, wasting hours of our day. No, we're being strategic. We have a purpose and we we're clear on what we want to do and we show up and serve and go on our time on social media. So we go to the party, we be at the party and then we leave, like, but we're, we're clear on, it's the same as going to like a, a conference and networking. Um, we're going to the marketplace on Saturday, the farmer's market and buying whatever you buy and chatting with your neighbors and, and just being a human being. So like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, get on social media, own one of them if you can't own both, but definitely get on there and, um, and position your, what, cause everyone has something unique and amazing to bring to the world. And this is the, these social media right now is our marketplace. And so like, if you're not there, then no one's going to know who you are, what you have to bring or how you add to the conversation. Um, and so you should just go do that. Yes. It's like getting, getting visible, putting yourself out there, stepping out from behind a logo, behind stock photos, showing your face, and then just showing up like you're talking about. So, uh, such a great way to end this one. Whenever oh, thank I, you. Um, for anybody who wants to kind of check in on like, okay, what is this lady up to? Where can they find you on Instagram? And then for someone who might also be interested in, might be one of these earth-centered spiritual seekers looking to maybe learn more about the witching well, tell us about that too. Okay, so you can find me um, uh, on Instagram and Facebook under Awentry. So it's A-W-E-N-T-R-E-E, Awentry is our handle on both Facebook page and Instagram. Um, our website's awentree.com. And the Witching Well is, um, there is the link to get on the wait list for the Witching Well is on the Instagram. So if you go to Awentree and click on the first link in the Witching Well, um, but the wait list is uh, awentree.com forward slash Witching Well wait list. 
Okay. And when's their next round? When's when um, you open it? Oh, up? the doors are opening in February. Okay. Okay. So this is, this will, this episode, people should be listening to this in February. So this is great timing. So hurry up and check that out. If that is something um, that sounds like it might align with what you are wanting to do. So with that, Winifred, thank you so much. Um, we will see you around Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. At the end of the day, social media is really just a tool to help you magnify and amplify what's happening in real life. And one of my favorite strategies for developing a standout personal brand in real life is by being a podcast guest. And I love this approach for a lot of reasons. One being, especially if you're new, it's an incredible way to help you to develop your voice. It's a great way to help you nail your signature stories, to start to help you figure out what your key messaging is. The more interviews you do, the more questions you answer, the more you talk about how you help and what you want to be known for, the more you'll realize what resonates with people, what they want to hear more of, what you enjoy talking about, and really, really hone in on, on that voice for your personal brand. The second reason why I love it is because you're able to expand your network among these really high-vibing, ambitious, driven podcast hosts. Who doesn't want that? So you might end up being lifelock friends with some of these podcast hosts. You might um, end up collaborating with them on a project in the future, either something inside maybe their group or maybe maybe they help you out with your group or something that you're offering. So it's just a, an awesome way to connect with new people, new peers also doing big things. The third reason why I love this approach is because you're able to expand your reach, grow your community, grow your circle and not just grow it, but grow it with the right people, with the ideal people that you're wanting to serve by being strategic on what podcast you're on. And I've had several people that have joined my Facebook group, that have joined my paid groups, that have worked with me one-on-one from hearing uh, one of my interviews on someone else's podcast. So the possibilities are endless. I want these same benefits for you. And so I have developed a nine-step workbook that you can go over to sarahlynn.co forward slash podcast guest guide freebie. That's podcast guest guide freebie and download this workbook that's going to help you walk through how to find what podcast you want to be on, what to say to the host and what to do after the interview. So grab the nine-step Land Your First Podcast interview workbook over at sarahlynnco.com forward slash podcast guest guide freebie. And I can't wait to hear your first podcast.